Hello and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. I'm stepping in for Tim today, our host extraordinaire, as teacher and father duties have taken up his time this week. So it's all right. We got a wonderful, wonderful member of the team stepping in for Tim. Um, I'm here with my brother, Michael, of course. Say what up to the people. What's up, people? And then we have our lead writer and director of content, Matt Ward, with us. How you doing, Matt? Good, man. Good to be here. Stoked about it. Yeah, we are happy to have Matt on. And if you could tell, he sounds nice and crispy because he has a brand new mic and he's ready to kill this. Uh, so today what we're going to do, um, actually, I see this is why Tim hosts. Um, I forgot that I have to plug the app before we actually hop into what we're going to do. So the Fantasy Football by Brodo app is the only app you need for fantasy football success. It has player cards, player stats, player tools. Uh, start sit tools draft tools it literally has everything you need and it is free f-r-e-e free for free free please don't sue us company that does that i forget which one um so download that on the apple app store or the android app store and we are able to keep it free thanks to the wonderful people over at patreon.com that help us out um if you feel so inclined please head over there and for as little as three dollars a month you get awesome perks discord um, uh, Cass's DFS optimizer during the year. Like there's so many other perks, $3 a month, help us out and, and we can keep the app free. Now that I'm done with that spiel, uh, Tim usually does it better than I do, but you know, he does it every week. So he, he gets the, he gets the nod there. It's okay. Uh, what we're going to do today is go over some news and then do a one round mock draft for dynasty leagues. Um, Michael and I have often said that we, the, the Brodo team, me, Michael and Tim specifically, we don't start analyzing rookies for the rookie season until after the draft because we're a redraft focused podcast and landing spot on draft capital does matter, especially for the rookie season more than any other season. And we've had a lot of success with rookies doing it that way, but we don't want to leave our dynasty listeners behind because some leagues draft before the NFL drafts. So that's what our mock draft is here for today. And Matt um, is our rookie guru. If you haven't read them yet, he's been releasing um, articles about the rookies and he's been releasing most recently the running back and wide receiver comps with little snippets as to the reasonability of them. Is that even a word? Reasonability, the reasonableness. Reasonability sounded right. Yeah, I'll just go with it. It sounded good. Yeah, that sounded yeah. better. <laughs> um, so that's why we have Matt on with us today to do his thing. Uh, so before we jump in, let's start with probably the biggest news of this slow day. There's some stuff. Um, I have about three things I want to touch on. But the biggest news of today, or at least on Twitter, is Melvin Gordon visiting the Ravens. So I'd like to ask you guys um, what you think about two young up-and-coming running backs, Javante Williams if Melvin Gordon were to leave and JK Dobbins, if Melvin Gordon were to enter the fold in Baltimore. So I'll start with Matt. Um, what's your take on Javante Williams? Well, Javante is kind of, especially as a dynasty asset, that value isn't really going anywhere. Even if Melgo does stay, people have kind of made up their mind with Javante. He's a top five running back in dynasty and redraft actually. So I don't think Melgo staying in Denver affects Javante Williams outlook as much as Melgo going to Baltimore affects JK Dobbins. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, J.K. Dobbins, that's it's just crucial. Uh, I mean, brutal for him if they sign Melgo, in my opinion. I do agree with you from a, a redraft standpoint. I mean, Javante Williams, the uh, he's already super inflated. Like, there's drafts going on right now. He's already going in the top five in, like, FFPC drafts and such. And if Melvin Gordon definitely leaves, I know there's still some talk that he might resign. That's just going to like, there's no way Javante Williams doesn't end up a top half first round pick with the way he played as a rookie. Like it, there's no denying he looked absolutely tremendous as a rookie. And now the, he has a stacked offense or Russell Wilson at quarterback. It'll be hard to like a lot of people like to be safe with their first round pick grab, you know, grab someone like Derrick Henry or like a Devontae Adams and such. It's hard to think that Javante Williams doesn't have as high a ceiling as, as anybody really, if they uh, if they let him start catching passes too with that offense and really be a three down workhorse back, but for J.K. Dobbins, man, I mean this dude is coming off a a tough tough ACL injury, not good for running backs coming back from uh injuries, especially when like ACL injuries. And now they're looking at bringing Melgo back. Uh, excuse me. Now they're looking at signing Melgo, who is like he's a veteran. He's not going to Baltimore to. Sure, maybe he could help try to coach up the young guys like J.K. Dobbins and maybe Gus Edwards if he's still in Baltimore next season. But he's there to play, right? Like Melgo is not signing with the team to to not get half the snaps. So Dobbins would end up just being like a like I think he'd end up being like a Javante Williams of this year, where he's gonna have to just run the ball, not get many pass catching opportunities, and. Will he be as successful as Javante Williams was on the limited touches coming off an ACL injury? I, I doubt it. So, it's like, if he, if he does sign there, I really think Dobbins is someone I'm not going to be super interested or invested in. Uh, real quick, I apologize if you hear some barking in the background. Um, I live with my girlfriend, and she has a five-pound, 13-year-old Yorkie that you would not believe how loud his bark can be sometimes. And he just... As he's gotten older, he listens less and less. Like, at this point, he just like, I don't give a fuck what you tell me. I'm 13 years old. I'm going to do whatever I want. So even if I tell him to shut up, he's not going to. So I apologize if you hear some barking. Uh, but real quick, back to the topic we're on. Um, Matt and Michael, I have a question for you both. Redraft. Are you, do you think the hype will get here? And would you be willing to do it? Javante Williams over Christian McCaffrey. No, I wouldn't be willing to do that. I think a lot of people, I think it will happen. I don't think I'd be willing to do that, though. Yeah, I agree. I do think that the hype is going to get there, but I'm still a CMC guy, and that's probably who I would target over Javante. Like, that would mean that you're taking Javante 1-1 or 1-2. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So. Dalvin Cook has a good case, but, like. I mean, no, I mean, also Jonathan Taylor, but, like, the thing is with Christian McCaffrey, you, you'd be betting on him getting injured again. That's the, that's the only thing. There's a 0% chance Javante Williams outscores Christian McCaffrey if they both stay healthy the entire season. Correct. Yeah, but that's what you're betting on, health. Dalvin Cook has his health injuries. Jonathan Taylor is probably the most sure thing. But I could see – I mean, Javante Williams is probably running back four for a lot of people, maybe even running back three at the moment. Uh, yeah. Well, I think speaking of health, like I think that's a – big underlying thing that the reason that Melvin Gordon's getting the looks in Baltimore or getting the interviews at least and having contract negotiations there is I'm not sure that Baltimore is incredibly confident in JK Dobbins ability to return full strength 
by the start of the season. And Gus Edwards is coming off the exact same injury as well. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. And honestly, like at this point, it's looking like Melgo might have some juice in him to try to challenge what Frank Gore did. Like this guy is coming for his second contract. You don't see running backs get second contracts anymore. He's basically healthy most of the time. Like, and he still is looking very good. Shout out to Melgo. After that no touchdown rookie season, it didn't look bright for him. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering too, like, and we're seeing it more and more. And obviously like, like quarterbacks have that elongated career um, is becoming a lot more consistent. Sure. But I'm wondering if with guys like Melgo and, and Devonte Adams and, and these dudes that are getting to be in their thirties, if, if that's just going to be the norm now that like players don't decline the way that they used to. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, I feel like it'd be good for the sport, but then for fantasy, it, it, it's going to anger a lot of people because people it, just get stuck to their rookies <laughs> and they're it would destroy the dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> just get them in the game. It's like, yo, but Mel goes balling out, man. <laughs> I know you like Javante Williams, but geez. <laughs> uh, on the topic of vets, the next news, perhaps surprising because the team around him sucks, but Brandon Cooks is staying in Houston for another two years. Any thoughts on that for fantasy purposes? Yeah, I was I was a little shocked by that, to be honest. Um, like Brandon Cooks, he's still playing at a very high level. He's 28 years old, which and like he's he's been productive for a very long career. I've never I've I haven't been the biggest Brandon Cooks supporter throughout my years because I was like, look, if just because like he, he has such a weird like career where he's very good, but he keeps getting traded from team to team. Um, and for him to decide Houston is where he wants to be after that despicable season last year was a little surprising from a winning standpoint. I don't know if like if there's like a trade clause attached in there and he really wants to stay in Houston or maybe Houston just gave him a lot of money and he's hoping he ends up getting traded or something, but we'll see. Um, he was productive last year, but he was not someone I really targeted much. I got him in a few uh, best ball leagues, but not in season long because when you have guys like Davis Mills at QB that you can't really trust, he's going to just be up and down, and you don't know if you're going to get the 20-point game or the four-and-a-half-point game from week to week. And that's that's the upsetting part with Brandon Cooks is that it's probably going to be a lot more of the same because Houston needs a very long rebuild to get back to being a contender because they're they're just not very good at all right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny actually when you when you look at like um, mock drafts or, or position needs for Houston, every single one of them say every position. Yeah. And it's so, so yeah. very true. It's it's a long road to relevance for that team, and and I I, I agree with Mike completely, it, especially at this point in his career and in the success that he has had. It seems a little strange for Brandon Cooks to want to stay there, but I mean he obviously is happy. And I, I would assume that Houston probably paid him quite well, considering the market of wide receivers. Yeah, dude. And what I find so surprising, too, is like this is a guy that maybe he's like, look, I played with Tom Brady. I played with Drew Brees. I played with uh, fucking someone else. And I'm forgetting like he's used to playing with studs. So on that note, it's like maybe he's just OK with playing with scrub ass quarterbacks now because. He's just happy being the guy, but I just, I don't know how anyone could be happy playing for Houston at the moment, but anyway, let's turn to a receiver who has not had as much success as Brandon cooks, who has seen his um, 
fair share of injuries in his career, yet apparently he's thinking of holding out. And he has scrubbed the 49ers from his Instagram, and that is Debo Samuel. Oh, so I didn't know note, about that. Yeah, it's very recent. Um, just like not even from a fantasy perspective, I'm very surprised like this. Like, what has Debo Samuel done? I just want to say real quick, you're, you're like disrespecting Debo ODR now. Not as good as Brandon Cooks. His peak this season was far better than Brandon Cooks' peak season. Brandon Cooks has been an all-star caliber player for like eight years. Debo Samuel has had one good year that hasn't ended in injury. Bro, he's been in the league for like three years. You need to you need to stop right now. And he was being drafted as a wide receiver three, four all those years. And then this year, the side turned to a fucking running back. And now he's like, pay me, pay me. He put up 1,700 yards, dude. Yeah, he's good. But you don't do that for one year and then you're like, all right, now pay me. Some bitch shit. The reports are that he wants to be paid the highest of any player that isn't the quarterback because he's able to do so much. That's wild. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, do it again, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I do think there's some serious shade being thrown at Debo. Obviously, that season was extraordinary. Um, But I also do... I also like running backs don't get paid as much as receivers. So he's kind of got to pick or choose his poison with that. If that's his negotiating process, right? Like I'll do it both. I'll be your running back. I'll be your receiver, but running backs traditionally, especially if you're using them that way, like that shortens your career longevity. It, um, certainly get paid less on the market. So that's a weird, like stance for him to want to take. I'd be like, I'm the only receiver (laughs) in the league that can do any of this. So I don't know if he deserves that money necessarily, but I do love me some Debo. That's just some wild stuff. Like I'm just processing this now. I didn't know that he did the whole Kyler Murray uh, social media game. All right. So off the top of the head, I'm putting you guys on the spot. Let's uh, assume tomorrow is just like Tyreek Hill day. Like 49ers are shopping Debo Samuel. Boom. He's going to get traded for fantasy purposes. Off the top of your head, where do you want to see him go? I'll give you... Uh, Jeopardy theme song to think about it. I'm good. Green Bay. Easily. Easily Green Bay. Put him with Aaron Rodgers. Receiver, then. They'll do whatever they want to do with him, man. But with Aaron Rodgers as the clear number one, he'll ball out. Give me Debo on the Packers. Matt, do you want a Jeopardy theme song? Well, I mean, I, I just took the time while Mike was talking. I, I mean, for me, it's pretty obvious, too, because we're the team that I am most enamored with is l- you know, their running back situation is in question and the position that they need to attack the most in the draft with their capital is the wide receiver position. So if Debo was somehow on the Saints, I would be the happiest dude alive. Ah, the Saints. Interesting. Also a team with a running back. So you guys don't buy this running back wide receiver thing. What if what if I propose this blockbuster? The Chiefs acquired Debo Samuel. Where are you picking him? In your fantasy drafts. Top 10 easy, honestly. <laughs> that, that would be glorious. Yeah, like, Debo on the Chiefs is obviously scintillating. It's a super high-scoring offense, and I feel like if they were going to utilize him in any sort of way that the 49ers did, it would be incredible for his fantasy value. Um, but I also find that to be a highly unlikely scenario. Like, the oh, amount yeah. of capital that the Chiefs would probably have to give up or, or even – like especially after losing Tyreek to you know I'm sure Juju would have to be a part of that deal or something along the line so somebody can fill in a slot role for the 49ers um but yeah and and kind of retrocede too 
like I'm a little concerned at Camara's future with the Saints um, and his production. It hasn't been obviously at the level that, you know, he was touted for all of those years from his rookie season onward um, and definitely had some injury issues. And he's getting up there in that like dreaded running back age cliff as well. So yeah, there's, there's certainly some landing spots for him. And, and I think he knows that as well. And, and obviously in this day and age when social media is basically your number one bargaining chip, <laughs> you know, like is how you kind of can uh, get to your team publicly for lack of a better word. So, yeah, I, I think Debo knows what he's doing in the sense that it, it's going to push more money into his pocket, but I doubt that he leaves San Francisco. Yeah, me too. But it's fun. It's fun to dream. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, and, and of course, like I think new, uh? yeah, <laughs> new England would be a phenomenal landing spot for him. If anybody could utilize Debo's talents, it would be Belichick. Yeah, I could. Although, eh. yes, once he's there, but Belichick has, has sucked at getting wide receivers recently. That Patriots receiver or, room is or disgusting. Always, you know, it, it, other than Randy Moss, it's always been kind of just random dudes that he develops into the proper role. Yeah. Oh, with all that said, that's our news for today. We are going to move into our Dynasty Mock Draft. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do one round, a 12-team league. We're going to... Um, the order will be Jason, Michael. No, I'm sorry. Jason, Matt, Michael, Jason, Matt, Michael. So 101, 102, 103, so on and so forth until the 112 first round 12th pick. And that's about it. So I'm first up. So I will put on my GM hat. Say hello, folks. Welcome to the Brodo Dynasty League, uh, where I actually have the 101 um, because I traded Camara for two firsts last year and the rest of my team sucks. Um <laughs> So with the 101, all right. So I'm going to take a slightly different approach here because right now the consensus 101 is Brees Hall, uh, essentially. Like if you're the 101, you're probably taking Brees Hall. This guy had 40 touchdowns over the last two seasons, over 3,000 yards. Um, coming from Iowa State where David Montgomery came out of, so you know they know how to develop running backs. Combine darling, right? Like he, he checks all the boxes, basically. He's not a like a Saquon generational because people love to throw out that word, but he's, yeah, there, he's very, clear. there is a little too much hype behind Brees right now. And I was yeah. probably, you know, one of the highest people on him that you could find for sure, but it's getting to a point where people are creating a profile that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my pick as one one is Brees Hall. Let's put that out there. But now that I've said that and I'm following the sheep, I want to ask you guys, because in Dynasty, running backs have short shelf lives. They mm-hmm. have a higher chance of injury. I don't know if that's scientific, but I feel like it's true. Mm-hmm. And a wide receiver, you could grab a 10-plus year stud. And there's a lot of pretty good wide receivers in this draft class. So I took Brees Hall 101, but would you guys be opposed to someone who has the 101 taking one of the wide receivers from this draft i'll start with you matt at 101 i think it's a little much of a reach in that scenario i think and you're kind of nailing all of the things if you're going to take Brees at 101 you better be ready to compete he otherwise if you're still in a massive rebuild and you don't have a roster that's going to push you you know into a top 16 where you can get into that playoff spot where anything can kind of happen um you're just kind of wasting some of Hall's prime years as a running back 
So taking a quarterback, taking a wide receiver definitely lengthens that shelf life, but I don't feel like there's any wide receiver prospects that are really worth one, one. So in that position, like I think one, one this year is a great place to trade back and acquire one, four and one, seven. That's actually what I was about to say. Like if you do want one of those wide receivers, then why not trade back and get an additional pick as well? Maybe a future pick like a 23 second or something. I know the 2023 class is supposed to be super stacked. Um, but like with that being said, yeah, the, like Jamar Chase was Brodo last year was the Jamar Chase is the 101. That's 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 that. Um, you guys nailed it. And it was absolutely correct. Jamar Chase is an absolute animal. Um, it's because like wide receivers also have a longer shelf life um, for dynasty teams. But this year it's not quite as set in stone, but I, I still like I Brees Hall isn't a Jamar Chase level prospect in my opinion, but. I still think Brees Hall is like the like I'd be taking him 101 if I had the 101 or or like Matt said, the uh, the season dynasty player. If you're not ready to compete, trade back and then you could uh, build your team further from there. Yeah, and I mean, Brees is there can also be the argument made that his value before he ever steps onto the field, because I don't think draft capital or, or ne- not necessarily capital, but landing spot is going to affect Brees's dynasty value that much so he's already in such a high value tier where in like full startups you're seeing him get pushed up into the second round or, or early third so there could be an argument made that selecting Brees Hall at 1-1 as a value pick is the easiest play because he's more valuable than any of the rookies and Malik Willis you know even in super flex leagues like for him to reach that value tier without production he would have to get top three capital yeah, I hear you on that. Like, even if you're not competing at the moment, taking Brees Hall at one on one and trading it's him a, is it's probably a huge value play. Yeah, than yeah, just taking absolutely a receiver. On that note, we move on to one hundred two, Mister Ward. Um, I'm gonna guess you're gonna take a receiver here. So, which one of these guys is is your guy? Yeah, I, I, I am gonna take a receiver. Actually, that that's that's funny. There, there's a lot of. <laughs> There's a lot of quarterback talent in this draft class that is kind of getting pushed into a hype tier that, you know, you could see three, maybe four guys going in the first round if we're talking towards the back end um, with the Lions sitting at 30 and whatnot. But I'm not enamored with any of these quarterback prospects either. Um, and there's one that I like the most, which you can get quite late in your, your rookie drafts. So I'm going to take my wide receiver one. Um Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. Uh, I love this kid. Um, I think You've, he's a, fin- not to cut you off, but you have, you have gotten me to love him more and more, but you, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's not, he's not an analytical darling. He's, he doesn't pop the way that guys look at Drake London's, you know, small sample size and he, his small sample size rips apart analytics. And same with Traylon Burks's final year at Arkansas and his massive market share. And, you know, those guys are, are huge analytical darlings, but Garrett Wilson stayed above the regression line um, for yards per team pass attempt for all of his seasons. He is on an, or was on an absolutely stacked roster uh, with Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jingba, Marvin Harrison Jr. And him being the number two, number one option on that offense, I think is there's a lot to be said. And it's not like he 
you know, got pushed down that depth chart, he was still the most valuable piece. It was just a spread offense. And, and Jackson Smith and Jingba is going to be a top 10 pick <laughs> like that. That kid is the, the best wide receiver in college football and yeah. was, you know, and it, so, yeah, obviously, especially when you're looking at analytic profiles, you want to see guys climb above that that line even when they're playing with stiff competition but garrett wilson did he just didn't smash the same way that some of the other guys did when they were playing alone or on you know offenses that were funneled through them so his game is the most nfl ready he's a phenomenal route runner great yards after the catch he can play in the slot he can play on the outside so i think garrett wilson will be selected as a team that needs a number one wide receiver i think people do they, they don't take into account enough the uh, the wide receiver room sometimes. Like we saw with Terry McLaurin, we saw with Michael Thomas, they ended up being values in the NFL draft and in the uh, and in dynasty rookie drafts, really, because the just that wide receiver room is so strong. Like what what would have Garrett what would Garrett Wilson have done this season if he was the lone wide receiver in Arkansas, like Traylon Burks was? Like that's a that's absolutely no exactly if if, or like you know and and i think another kind of cool example with that is like jameson williams is now being touted above garrett wilson but couldn't play him off the field in ohio in ohio state yeah it's kind of like the sony michelle and nick chubb again yeah yeah so i mean if wilson was on a a different offense I mean, yeah, I think his his analytical profile would be the one that we're all staring at for sure, because his game certainly reflects the ability to dominate an alpha role. And another this is getting to be an interesting discourse around any rookie prospect. um, And it's kind of like the the size, the size matter anymore, um, because you're seeing guys like Marquise Brown and and Elijah Moore and Devontae Smith get high draft capital and, and specifically Marquise like just command targets. And it was always assumed that you had to have a prototypical frame to be able to do that. But it seems like separation is winning out and speed and, and short routes and yards after the catcher a lot more important than they ever were, especially for, I mean, in fantasy, sure, but especially in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson is the first wide receiver off the board. There's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of separation between wide receiver ones in uh, among different drafts between Wilson um, trail on Burks and the guy I'm drafting Mr. Drake London here at one Oh three. Yeah. I'm just honestly, guys, I am a sucker for the player who could make an immediate impact on a team and for Drake London in his rookie season as a freshman to put up 567 yards and five touchdowns on 39 balls in just eight games is just awesome. Um, Like, like Matt just pointed out in his, the the player comps article and he also did mock draft articles go check those out if you haven't yet they're tremendous work um drake london is just like you have to look at small sample sizes because he's either injured the covid season things like that like this past season he had a elijah moore-esque productive year where elijah moore only played eight games before he got drafted and absolutely dominated and that's what drake london did this past season too he played eight games he averaged 11 receptions a game over a hundred yards a game and seven TDs in those eight games. Like he absolutely dominated whenever he was on the field. Um, and it's not, it's not easy to do to just completely dominate um, other collegiate players. And now we got like, he he's very big six, five, of course he doesn't have, he didn't have the best combine 
but like this is a prototypical type big receiver who has just dominated whenever he's been on the field. Drew the Bean Counter, one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Drake London is his wide receiver one, which makes me feel better about it as well. Um, I'm a big fan of his work when it comes to the dynasty uh, space as well. Um, so I think I'm going with uh, Dre London here over, over Traylon Burks. And that is all for the public pod. Um, if you want to catch the rest of this mock draft picks 104 through 112, you could catch us over at patreon.com slash Brodo fantasy for many perks and extra podcasts per week. Uh, what are the, the discord Brodo leagues cast is the FS optimizer and you help fund the fantasy football by Brodo app, which if you don't have on it by now, please download it. If you do have it, please upload it, um, upgrade it. We have a, that we release a new build about a week ago and please share it with your friends. Although a lot of people don't do that in this industry. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week.